The U.S. government, our largest employer in the country, and also the most wasteful. That's right. Who's minding the store? Who's watching over those that are watching us? Uh, it's certainly not our legislators. Wait till you see how they spend our money. And speaking of spending money, they're spending our money to control you and I. Why? Because this administration is considering you and I patriots, considering you and I terrorists. That's right. We're relabeled as terrorists. This and so much more today on Exposed, the Kalo Podcast. So everybody talks about the United States government, and sometimes we don't realize just how big the government is. Did you know that at the end of 2022, 2.87 million federal employees were in the government? 2.87 million. So that means it's close to 2% of all U.S. workers in the entire United States were employed by the federal government. Now that, to me, is an unbelievable statistic. So there's a picture up on the screen just to give you an idea of what these departments are. We're going to kind of go through them pretty quickly so you can get a rough idea of just how we're spending. Well, we're not spending it. How they're spending our money. So here it is. You're looking at it on the screen. Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Defense, Department of Labor, Department of Agriculture, Department of Veterans Affairs. You got uh, Department of Interior. Department of Transportation, Justice, Education, Housing and Urban Development, Homeland Security. You got the Department of Energy. And then finally, we've got Department of Treasury, Department of State, Department of Commerce. Wow, they just keep going and going. So all of these combined together, 2% of all the workers in the United States working under the federal government. So of all these people divided up into all of these different organizations, you would think that the government has a you know top-down philosophy where people at the top kind of tell everybody at the bottom what to do. Surprise, surprise, that's not how it works. Well, why? Here's the thing. The people that are at the bottom have been in government, many for a decade, two decades, three decades, four decades. I mean, come on, they've been there forever. They are entrenched in the system. And so this is part of the problem of what we call the deep state. Now, in addition to all of these people we just talked about, 2.9 million, okay, million employees in the U.S. federal workforce, an additional 80,000 were just hired uh, by the federal government to be IRS agents. Now, they added those um, a year and a half ago, and within 12 months, they hired them all. I don't know about you, but hiring 80,000 employees seems like a fairly overwhelming task. Well, they did it very quickly. The Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law in August of 22. Okay, So within a year, they had already hired all 80,000 workers. <laughs> Reduction Act. They hired 80,000 workers. I mean, that doesn't make sense. That's how they name things. They named it the Reduction Act, even though they're increasing. <laughs> you understand? 
It's absolutely crazy. That's how the government thinks. So after doing some research, what I found was all of the departments combined and all of the employees combined in the federal government actually adds up to 4,234,163. So which one is it? If you go by the departments and the listings that I just showed you, those are all the departments, you look at all the departments and all the listings, you only come up with 2.9 million, just shy of 3 million. So there's a 1.284 million discrepancy of people. Who are these people and where are these people employed? How many of these are the rogue employees of the deep state? How many are unclassified as what we call dark employees? You know what a dark employee is? Well, that's someone who normally works for one of the intelligence agencies, like CIA, FBI, or one of the other three-letter agencies. And what they're doing is they are hired on a full-time basis, but they're only called in during specific times. They're assets, assets in the field. So they don't really show on the payroll. Why? Well, because the organization that they work for, like the FBI, CIA, whatever it might be, they hire out to other organizations, which are also government organizations, but they're under a different name. And these assets work for that organization. So it looks like the government is hiring out to a third-party program or an outside contractor, but that's not how it works. There's a lot of backdoor programs, operative programs. And these are called operatives or assets in the field. And they do the kind of work like, well, should I say the Epstein kind of work? Uh, no, I'm not talking about pedophile. I'm talking about the way Epstein hung himself in a jail cell all by himself, supposedly with a sheet. Mm, all the cameras were out. No. See, that was done by professionals. And it was done to protect other high-level operatives whose names, more, more than likely, would be coming out very shortly. And so they had to get rid of them. Now, these people work freely. And they're answerable usually only to one person. One person. Who is that person? We never know. That person works for the CIA, FBI, or one of these other three-letter agencies. And that person answers to one person in that agency. And usually the agency itself, the hierarchy of the agency, the, the average everyday person that works in the agency, let's say like the FBI, they have no clue. They don't know who these people are. But someone in that agency does know. So they have these little operations that go on inside of the larger organization of the FBI or CIA. And none of these people have accountability to you and I, we the people. Why? Why don't the people in the FBI who hire these people, because that's where they are, we know they're working for the government, why don't they have accountability? It's called plausible deniability. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but that just means they can say with all purity, yeah, right, <laughs> with all honesty, um, no, but they can say that they honestly don't know because they've removed themselves by at least one step from these people, so they really don't know their names or what they do. 
but there is one person that knows everything. Unfortunately, the average American believes that our elected officials, like Congress, Senate, and President, that they run the government. But my friends, that's not true. That's not what's happening. And, and the reason why our government is spending so much money is because there are many of these rogue programs, if you will, um, and they're done on a day-to-day -day basis, run by the bureaucrats, those that work in the government, the deep state of the government. These are lifelong career people that watch politicians come and watch politicians go. And guess what? They still remain. They're, they are also, um, if you will, controlling the lifelong politicians like the Bidens, Pelosi's, and Schumer's, and the like. Because these entrenched um, deep state workers are going to be there well after the politician has left office. And so they actually control the inner workings of the government. So the politicians have to bow, if you will, to these federal employees. <laughs> so all of our politicians are actually answerable to and work along with the career government people. And, and you can see that you can see this happening in the Senate and in the congressional hearings when one of our senators or congressmen, uh, they call somebody in. They call him in for a hearing and, and they want to depose him, ask questions, you know, get the answers on record for whatever might be going on. More recently, you might remember things like Mayorkas coming before, you know, Congress and, and, and answer. Well, he didn't really answer any questions. He kind of just skated them all. But that's what they do. Okay, and all of the deep state employees are the same way. They skirt around and they know that they really, what's the worst that can happen? They get slapped with a, you know, contempt of Congress or something. And they know that they'll beat that. Because why? Because they work in the system. No, because they are the system. This is where the government is actually putting on for us a carefully choreographed um, theater, if you will. That's all it is. So when we see those people on TV at the uh, you know congressional and Senate hearings, it's just a show. It's a show for us. The American people, the fools, if you will, to them, they think we're fools. We're the ones who pay their salaries. <laughs> and yet, we believe everything that we're told by them. And the career bureaucrats sit back and enjoy the show while we pay their salaries. And they refuse to answer the questions that are put to them by the senators and the congressmen. And so the show continues and nothing changes. And decade after decade has gone by. And that's how we've ended up where we are right now in the United States government. You know, once in a while, they'll throw us a bone. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, like a dog waiting for a treat from its owner. That's kind of the way they do it. They throw you a little, well, we're going to give you some money back or whatever. You're giving me my own money back? And you're giving it to me without interest? It's ridiculous. Up on your screen right now, you're going to look at this photo. These are the top paid employees in the federal government. Now, I want you to look at this carefully for one reason. Each of these people here, you would think, okay, um, is 
employed by the federal government, which they are, but you would think that they went through a rigorous um, investigative or vetting process in order to be hired. But the actual truth of the matter is the only people who get vetted are the executive branch assignees. Those who, you know, like President Trump, when he got in office, he wanted to bring in so-and-so and so-and-so. They go through a vetting process and it's all, you know, uh, theater. It's all played out in front of us. The Democrats get up and say their speech and the Republicans get up and say their speech. But they already know who they're going to allow in and who they're not going to allow in. They know that already. But on this screen, what you're looking at is the number one top paid employee in the United States government. Now, this is as of 20, uh, 2022, okay? Uh, what's the name at the top of the list there? Anthony Fauci. National Institute of Health, okay? Occupation medical officer, salary, $480,654. More money than the President of the United States. And listen to this. If you go down this list, now we're going to scroll, okay, there's four different pictures you're going to see on your screen. I wanted to go through the top 100 employees in the federal government. And I'm not going to go through them by name, just so you can breeze through it. But I want you to notice this. National Institute of Health, the first five people on the list work for the NIH, National Institute of Health, all making well over $400,000 a year, just under Fauci. And they go in descending order from highest ranking uh, highest paid official, if you will. And then we have Veteran Health Administration. Again, health. Okay, so there's, there's, there's a theme here. Institute of Health, Veterans Health Administration, and it goes down the list for the next 20 people all work for the Veterans Health Administration as medical officers, and they're all making over $400,000 a year. Look at the second, look at the second picture up on your screen. All right, here you go, down the list, and you look at it. Veterans Administration, Veterans Administration, Veterans Administration. Look at the third list. Go down. It's the same thing. This is what we're seeing every single day in the government. These are the people that are the operational people in the government. They're the ones that actually lead the politicians around by the nose, even though we don't know it. So all of these different agencies combined bring us to the total amount of money that the government spends. But what I found and what you're basically looked at here on the screen with these pictures is that most of the money, the higher paid salaries anyhow, all has to do with the health, health welfare of the American people. Or is it welfare? <laughs> it's health for sure. They're involved in our health, but to what degree? We have all of these people being paid exorbitant amounts of money supposedly to protect us from whom from the pharmaceutical companies which they're in bed with protect us from whom the doctors who are in bed with the pharmaceutical company who are in bed with the politicians who are they protecting us from so all of that money you just seen the top 100 people paid in the u.s government all have to do with health should be scary to you it sure is to me. Then we have all of the other agencies in the, in the government. And you'll look here on the screen and you'll see agency and budget, okay? And you watch this scroll, okay? All our money is being spent where? In all of these departments. So they use the protection as a reason to spend more money. They use the protection. Well, we have to protect the people. Uh, we have to protect and watch over the people. They use that to spend our money. How? 
The number two area, you see number one is military. The number two area is what? That's right. It always has to do with us. It's all about us. There, we can't protect our, we can't watch our own health. We can't make the own decisions for our own health. The government has to make it for us. So they use protection as a reason to spend more money, Homeland Security. Well, we have to protect the people, really. Is Homeland Security really about protecting the people? Go back, if you remember when Homeland Security bill was passed. You remember 2008, you remember what happened. You remember what happened in 2001, which was the precursor to all of the new bills that came out. And unfortunately, it was, you know, um, uh, the Bush family and President Bush, who I, I really liked, especially at the time. But it wasn't, late, it wasn't until much later that I realized that the uh, Homeland Security bill is actually a big problem. See, they always do it because they're doing it for us. That's the way they say it. Well, we're doing it to protect you. The second highest budgeted item in the U.S. government Homeland Security. My friends, it's coming back to bite us. Where's the Homeland Security when it comes to the people coming through our border? Where's Homeland Security right now? Homeland Security is on the side of the cabal and the deep state and the embedded bureaucrats. Do you understand? See, that's what's happening right now. They're allowing hundreds of thousands, millions of people into our border on an annual basis. And it's all done. Why? We... To protect me? So let me let me say, you're, you're bringing people into this country to protect me? How are you protecting me by bringing in illegals and like states like New York, giving them the right to vote? How is that protecting me? And these same people were upset because Trump was a disruptor? Let me tell you, my friends, Trump, he set back the deep state. He set them back literally probably a good decade from the momentum, the forward momentum that they had in moving us towards a one world order, a one world government. And that's the reason why today at all costs, all costs, they cannot allow Trump to get another term. Because if they do, they know that Trump will once again halt everything that's happening in the U.S. government as far as things that can hurt us, we the people. And they're afraid because if Trump is successful, maybe the next guy will want to follow suit and continue in the same principles and practices of Donald Trump. So they cannot allow any outsider, any outsider like Vivek Ramaswamy, they'll never allow him to be president. They'll be raked over the hot coals, their family, their finances, their reputation will be destroyed, all so that they can maintain their stronghold over you and I. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a stronghold over us. They control our money. They control us in every aspect. And we saw it in 2020 with the COVID scam. In the intelligence arena, there is so much more involved than you and I think. Like I mentioned the FBI and CIA before. But you know that there are 17 agencies that make up the United States intelligence community? I didn't know this. I did not know this. Here it is. I'm going to have this picture up on your screen of the 17 different offices. I'm not going to read them all. 
But, you know, Office of Director of uh, National Intelligence, Central Intelligence Agency, Security Agency, Defense Agency, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Department of State, Department of Homeland Security, and on and on it goes with a total budget of $76.8 million. 17 different offices. That means 17 different directors, 17 different co-directors, 17 different, you know, secretaries, and on and on and on and on they go. (laughs) Why do we have so many different agencies when they should all be working under one department and one head that is answerable to the cabinet, which is answerable to the president. Why? Because it would be too easy to be able to see everything that they're doing. They need to have the the depth of bureaucracy, the red tape of bureaucracy, so that when the president or a congressman or a senator needs to know about some program or something that they're doing, they can postpone. Well, we need to get this from this department. We need to get, you know, you have to submit a, you know, freedom of information request in order to get that information from that department. Oh, you'll have to talk to the head of that department. It's a circle and they do it on purpose. All of these 17 agencies were designed to be autonomous. Neither one knows what the other one is doing. But yet, let me tell you, my friends, the people involved in the ongoing day-to-day operations, they know what's going on, and they know how to control everything that comes through their offices. When Trump was in offices, When he was in office, he kept the raises, for instance, in line. In other words, every year, federal employees would either get no increase or a very small increase. And look at what happened when Biden took over. The picture on your screen, it goes back to 2008. And there, what you see is very simple. You see the increase that Biden put in when he got into office. Started off at 2.2%. Next year, it went up to 4.7%, the 4.1%, and then 4.7%. I mean, if he kept going in that tra- trajectory, these people would be getting like 4, 5, 6, 7, 8% increases every year on their salaries. And who do you think these people are? These are the deep state workers. These are the ones with their families and their friends that vote for Biden. Why? Because he's the money machine. The Democrats are the money. They're the ones that keep these departments and keep them growing. And then they tell their kids, hey, when you get old, make sure you, you know, when you get ready for a job, make sure you go and apply here. Go to the federal government and, you know, your dad works here, your mom works here. You know, I'm sure we can get you in. And of course they can. That's the way it works. The federal government hires more employees. It's what I call the cookie monster. And the cookie monster never, ever is sufficient, happy with the amount of cookies that it gets. It always wants more. Largest increase in U.S. history done by President Biden, 4.7% raise. And I'll tell you, when you look at the chart, you you go all the way back, like I said, to 2008, you could see some years there was no increases. And 1%, I mean, that's kind of reasonable considering inflation. 4.7%, when the most, most of us in the workforce, having our own business or doing what we do, we don't get that kind of a raise. Let me tell you something, folks. We are in the most dangerous place in history. And 
either we see that we're entering into a, a very deep pit, either we see that, or else we're going to find the United States of America going off the edge of a cliff into a category of being a third world nation, pretty much like a banana republic. And then from then on, it's pretty much over for us. We lose our strength in the world. We lose our position in the world. And right now we're considered still, we're considered still to be the strongest nation in the world. But we're losing every single day because our currency is being debased. It's being replaced by China. China wants to become the world reserve currency. And I can only pray that I'm wrong. I can only pray that this never happens. But it sure looks as though we're headed in that direction. That's the way things are headed right now. More and more countries are joining BRICS. Okay? And as you know, right now, you know, the five countries that started off with BRICS, there's now another seven or eight that are looking to become a part of BRICS. And there's another 10 on the horizon that are looking to become a part. And all of them will not be using the dollar as the reserve currency. They're going to be using China. And that's the direction that's leading us in a very, very dangerous place. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned about not just America, but I'm concerned about the welfare of our children. I'm concerned about the protections that you and I need to have for our own life, for our own freedoms. You know, you can't even, you can't even go online right now without the government knowing pretty much your every move. So look, I hope you're with me. I hope you're going to join me and let's stay strong. 2024 is going to be an awesome, an awesome year to be alive. I don't mean that in necessarily a good way. It could be awesomely bad, but it's going to be awesome because here's the thing. God is still seated on the throne. Now, I don't know if you're a Christian or if you believe in God or whatever, that's up to you. But I can tell you this, God is still seated on the throne and it may look like evil has taken over. It may look like it's darkness before us, but it's always the darkest before the dawn. So I tell you to stand up and be strong. Don't be afraid to tell your family and your friends about truth, justice, and the American way. Because that, my friend, comes right from the Bible. That is wholeheartedly right from the Word of God. And I believe it's God that helped establish this nation. And it's God that's going to keep this nation on the path that it is on currently right now. So I hope you'll join me. Let's promote and let's do all that we can to get Donald Trump president. Because this is going to be his last round, last hurrah, last time around. Let's make it happen so maybe we can get a reprieve here in this nation for another four years. This is Mike Kahlo with Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you and God bless America.